0: This is Engage Governance, the podcast series from the Chartered Governance Institute, UK and Ireland. In this podcast, I'm talking to Sharon Constansson, CEO of Genius Boards, about governance and risk management in the boardroom and the role of the company secretary. Could you introduce yourself and give us an overview of the themes we're covering today? And I understand you're suffering from a bit of a cold.
1: Thanks very much, uh, Rachel. I appreciate the introduction. Yes, I don't normally sound this croaky, this sexy, or whichever way you wish to describe it, (laughs) but I sincerely hope that I'm still clearly understandable. I feel absolutely fine, so you can push me to the limits, no problem at all.
0: (laughs) That's great. What we're going to cover
1: today... No, thank you. Absolutely. Today, we want to be talking about governance and risk management. And... I like to liken what I'm doing to an animal or um, a creature from that perspective, because often it helps people internalize some of the behaviors that relate to the role or expectations of the role or the type of culture it might be delivering. So under governance and risk management, I talk to the um, character of the secretary bird, now, many people don't know much about the secretary bird, which is a, um, a very much ground-based bird in Africa. And its staple diet is snakes. So it takes out danger. It disarms danger, which is why I find it as a very good correlation to the dealing of governance and the dealing with risk management.
0: Okay, that does sound really useful. Um, so in that context, um, How can a company secretary know that they're doing a good job in that role of disarming danger and how can they measure it um, outside any feedback that they get from the chair or the board?
1: Uh, Often we talk about the company secretary being the invisible person that nobody ever sees Mm. so if they get feedback it's invariably negative if Mm. they get nothing assume they're doing a good job which is Mm. very very unfair and very uh, Mm. it's not very empowering for a company secretary not to get a lot of. Uh, genuine feedback so Mm. quite often you find that a company secretary actually needs to search for some feedback because often when they're doing a really valuable job they're not recognized for the value they're bringing and Mm. therefore it's not as visible to others actually what they are really are achieving so in terms of measuring it I think it's important to ask regularly for feedback Now, feedback Mm. is one of those difficult things. It sounds like a good idea until you get it. Mm. Then you might not like it. Mm. But it is an important growth opportunity for the individuals to seek feedback and to seek feedback from different people from time to time because they will get insights that are valuable to them and help them doing a better job. There's no harm also in making sure that others around them actually know what they are up to and what they are capable of doing.
0: Mm. Okay, that's really useful. Um, And how can a company secretary keep track of everything and help their team to keep track of everything that's going on on their their agenda with um, spinning plates, scanning the horizon, planning for the future, whilst also doing the day-to-day firefighting?
1: Um, I think the words resilient and agile come Mm -hmm. to mind, but also what comes to mind is organised, structured project Mm -hmm. plans, um, working to a everything from a three year calendar to a one year calendar to an hour calendar. What mm-hmm. is it I have to get done in the next hour? So, mm-hmm. provided you have a very organised individual who equally can delegate where they have that luxury, is ensuring that they have the correct um, uh, delegation powers and accountability, so that they get the work back in time as it is as it is needed. The other thing is making sure that they have a natural ability to multitask. Mm-hmm. Now, some people have it in their DNA to multitask. You can learn multitasking mm-hmm. and you can learn not to be overwhelmed by a multitude mm-hmm. of activities. But once again, it's coming to just thinking clearly, not getting into a panic situation. Mm-hmm. If somebody's natural DNA is to be have anxiety or to be easily stressed, they will naturally struggle far more in this kind of role mm. than somebody who can take change because that's what causes most of their anxiety. Mm. So they have to deal with that change in the normal that is part of the day job and deliver as is required.
0: And I suppose that's quite um, a a nuanced skill to learn. Um, If you're junior um, as a company secretary or part of a team, a company secretarial team, how do you learn those skills? How do you learn when to speak up? Um, Perhaps if you're in your first board meeting, learning that culture that you just mentioned, um, and how can you support your line manager and and know when to ask for more responsibility?
1: We're only going to grow if we stretch. So to get Mm -hmm. comfortable is not a good place for any of us in our roles. Mm. Uh, You tend to see that in people's in their last decade of a current role before retirement. Mm. And you notice the immediate impact, particularly if they're a leader in a business or a leader in a team. Mm. You absolutely can count them counting down the days. And the impact that that has is, is completely negative upon the team and on the bottom line. Mm. equally therefore on the culture so it's really important to be on top of your game to be driving for more and to be driving your team for more mm. within reason obviously we don't want to drive to the point of mental uh, non-well-being that is not helpful but making sure that we're actually alert to growth we alert to new ideas but also it's making sure that through a very dynamic feedback process with your line manager, which you invariably have to drive yourself because line managers really don't have time to do feedbacks in a productive way. Mm -hmm. So to call for it and to lead on the kinds of things you're expecting feedback on is the way to grow. Um, Sometimes there will be a point in your career where change is the best way to grow and to Mm -hmm. stretch. But you don't want to do that regularly because it's not good for your CV. Mm. But equally, it's not good for your uh, ability to get the legacy knowledge about a business. So you've got to find that right balance between being the legacy knowledge and becoming bored in the role and becoming Mm. stale in the role. And Mm -hmm. we talk about nine years for a board director, probably not a bad period of time to consider, particularly in the earlier decades of your career, Mm is to start moving within that period, but you know, stay five at least. Mm. So that is also an important um, way to grow. And as a junior, you're always looking to learn from others. Who are the wise owls around the table? Who are the people that you look at and you say, how can they always land their statements sounding so relaxed, so casual, so... Mm. Um, capable of allowing me to listen to the words and understand them so easily. So look to role models Mm. around the boardroom table and within the secretarial department, company secretarial department, and actually say, how can I learn and who can I learn from? And Mm. what pieces of learning do I want to take from each of them? And go and talk to those individuals about what it is you want to learn from them. Mm. Ask them, how did they learn the skill that you're looking to absorb? So most of it, to summarise, quite a long answer, I do apologise, mm-hmm. is to ask for feedback. And I think the more you ask, the more you'll grow.
0: Absolutely. I was interested in what you were saying about um, looking to stay in a role for um, perhaps five years. If you feel that you're not getting those role models um, in a role and you're quite new to it, would you advise trying to stay on in in the role when you're not getting the opportunities or in that context is it better to move earlier than five years
1: there's two things there Rachel one -hmm. of them is you can look to role models external to the company that Mm -hmm. can bring you value and provide you the opportunity for growth within the company you're in and there's another circumstance where the opportunity to grow within that company is not there There isn't Mm -hmm. another step up. That is where you need to get to the point where you're feeling it's becoming routine and mundane and you're not adding value. Two ways of doing that. You bring in a junior. You can create your own succession plan out, Mm. or it's a case of just resigning and moving on Mm. to something better. And you have the luxury to work carefully at that new role that is not you have frying pan into the fire what you want to make sure of is that the next role is going to give you that genuine step up to a mm. more senior position not a busier mm. position not a mm. more um, um, noisy position something mm. that genuinely uplifts your game in terms of the board experience that you're going to get as mm-hmm. a company secretary
0: Oh, thank you. That's useful. Um, and we were talking about um f- potential for feeling overwhelmed earlier. Do you have any more tips on and how you can avoid that feeling of o- being overwhelmed um, by all mm-hmm. the technical knowledge and updates that are you know always coming um, and that you know the company secretary needs to understand so that they can relay that to the board in simpler simpler terms? Mm.
1: I think a lot of um, managing that that constant noise is not to listen to it as noise. Work out what Mm -hmm. the compartments are of that noise. There's regulatory noise, there's board noise, my directors, Mm -hmm. there's internal noise about the business. Uh, There's external noise coming from stakeholders. If I can put those into boxes and say, I'm now going to allow that noise to accumulate in that box, and I'm only gonna deal with you once a day, once a week, once a month, depending Mm. on the nature of the topic. And actually say, look, if I'm looking at regulatory change and I'm going to try and deal with it every hour, I've got something coming through my inbox, I'm never going to be organized and get done what I need to get done today. I Mm. can look at regulatory change on a Friday afternoon, for example, Mm. and hold all those activities through a um, Outlook file, sub-filing system that you can create within your Outlook Mm -hmm. or within your own filing system, uh, your cloud filing, whichever mechanism works for you. Collate that content, recognize what it is, and know that 10 of them have gone in. So your mind is ready when you get to open those at the perceived time that you've given yourself in your diary. That is the time you're going to look at those things. So I would look at handling things in those ways and also, if something comes at you, which it will do, it doesn't matter how organized you are, mm. the left hook will come regularly. Mm. And it's recognizing it for what it is. And sometimes, <clears throat> just doing the literal, take 10 deep breaths. Just calm your, your, your sensation. Now, if it's a phone call, that's brought that that's a bit more difficult. So sometimes you might need to just put a question in there so that gives you time to think Mm. while somebody else is answering a question that is related to what you've just heard. Mm -hmm. If it's an email, you could very easily take that time to absorb Mm. what you've just read and the implications thereof. And then whatever your reaction might have been, note it. And 10 minutes later, rethink it again, say, what should my response be rather than what my reaction was? And just that process means you'll probably get the right toned email response back. In the term of a phone call, sometimes that is more difficult to achieve. Mm -hmm. And therefore, using the same logic of asking a question to understand the time urgency The genuine importance of it? Mm. What is the reputational risks? If I don't, what are the consequences? So those are the kind of questions you can start asking the deliverer of the information without having a panic, holding your voice as calm as you can at that point, and have this series of potential questions off pat, ready to use. They can even be on a crib sheet on your desk. So when the left hook comes, you've immediately got something to say which gives your mind time to think through, what am I going to do with this? This Mm. is quite serious. Mm. Um, But sometimes you you have to be the trusted expert, be Mm. the person who who doesn't panic. Is the person is giving the other person the opportunity to have delivered over the the, the panic so they can Mm. start to calm because they Mm. trust you to have absorbed the drama. So it's very important not to join the panic that somebody else might be handing you because they're already in a stressed position. Don't add mm. to their stress, deal with yours. So this is being the 21st century leader, being mm. resilient to this information and being able to manage the person and the content in equally competent ways. Genius Board specialises in board evaluations from a behavioural perspective, addressing directly boardroom dynamics, therefore boardroom effectiveness.
0: I think what you're describing that 21st century leader. It sounds like it, it requires quite a lot of discipline. Um, in terms of what you talked about structuring your day, for example, I think that's perhaps a different understanding of multitasking than we might think that multitasking means we have to be doing everything at the same time. Um, But in some cases, perhaps that um, negatively affects how effective you are in each task and that that structure perhaps makes you more effective.
1: Yep, I think it's actually very useful to put rules into your inbox, for example. Mm. And there are things that are urgent and need to be read quickly. And absolutely, that's important. Depending on the size, you can get help when it comes to inbox and to deal with mm. other people picking up what is critical now and the rest you deal with at the end of the day or mm. first thing the following morning. Because a lot of the things can wait mm. 10 hours, 12 hours, 24 hours. A lot For us to assume that you have to respond within the half hour to the mundane of today is really not the way we should be living Mm. that will stress most people out so Mm. it's the case of prioritizing them using rules to deal with them and then taking that box you've put aside and saying i've now got to my email box and i can very quickly ignore the rubbish and deal with what is important because i've only put aside half an hour in which to do this i'm now becoming more focused and keep looking at my emails and becoming unstructured now you might put Four of those half hours through the day, because of the nature of your role, that's important. But then you'll learn quickly to add more rules. It's very empowering, very, mm. very empowering mm. to get rid of that noise that you honestly don't need to deal with yeah. now. And people will learn that you'll respond when it's important and you'll get it tonight when it can wait until tonight, end of day, early next morning, whatever is is best For everyone's clock some people say i stop at five i deal with the family and um i get back to doing my one hour email slot at nine o'clock that's Mm. absolutely fine that's your Mm. routine others will learn it and they will respect Mm. it
0: yes i think those Differing routines between different people as well are perhaps more common now that we're used to everyone working in a slightly different pattern. We
1: do expect to now get emails at 9, 10 o'clock at night, Mm. whereas before it was almost inappropriate to get Mm. late emails because it indicated that you were overworked. Mm. That's not the case now. It doesn't indicate we're overworked. It indicates we're working at different times of the day. Mm. And sometimes it's better to let that thing go out at yeah. 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night because the person you're dealing with might be getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning to do one hour before they do their commute. Yeah. And my email's now only diarized to go out at 8 o'clock. That's no longer appropriate. Yeah. Let the emails go 24-7 because yeah. we're all working a very different give and take yes. uh, time management uh, due yeah. to what the pandemic's done to us.
0: And I suppose if you couple that with what you were saying about the understanding that not everything requires an urgent response, then they they work together that it's okay to send that later email because the recipient knows that that doesn't mean you expect them to reply right then. It's just the time that works best for you.
1: Yes. And I think we've learned to respect the fact that uh, we don't always want an instant response. And Mm. if we do, and there are times an instant response is absolutely needed and it'll get lost. Mm. We've all learned to use either Teams or WhatsApp Mm. or Telegram or Slack or whatever proactive app-style activity, text, Mm. good old-fashioned text, pick up Mm -hmm. the telephone, very old-fashioned. But Mm. those are the things that you will use for instant desired response Mm. is you use something else. If there's an email that's really critical, my team around me know, and most of the people I deal with uh, globally know if they want an urgent reply and they've sent me an email, send me a WhatsApp to tell me that it's there. Because if yes. you don't, it'll get dealt with tonight. So yes. people will learn the way you work and that's the way I work. Yeah. And those around yeah. me know very quickly, send me a WhatsApp and it'll be dealt with straight away.
0: Hmm. I think those are really useful insights into sort of how to manage your rules of engagement and how you work um, and so that everybody understands you know how to how to work with you um and i suppose uh, that could be useful for managing relationships with the rest of the board as well as the company secretary um i wonder how how a company secretary might go go about um fixing um a broken relationship with a board member if that if that does come about
1: oh, let's hope they don't happen, but let's Hmm. be realistic, they do. Uh, Broken relationships do happen. Now, this could be a new board director that hasn't inducted and onboarded well. It could be Mm -hmm. somebody who is feeling vulnerable because of uh, the change environment that they're having to deal with. Uh, So it could be an external factor that is destabilizing an individual and putting them into an awkward position. It could also be that they are, have got a broken relationship with somebody else on the board mm-hmm. and it's becoming a uh, culturally a and um, behaviour-wise is starting to impact the entire board's effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Or it could be they just don't like the company secretary, for example. Mm-hmm. Could, so there are many things that could be broken and obviously you would address each one of those in a somewhat different manner. But just taking... The account of there's an individual that from an overall behaviour point of view is not in the best place possible within the organisation and is challenging the relationships with others. So the most important thing from a company secretary's point of view, whether that person's relationship is direct with them or with somebody else, that the problem Mm. exists, is the company secretary has to be the first to move. Be proactive. Mm-hmm. Be there first as you start seeing it evolving so it doesn't become to an eruption perspective. Recognise the change as it is evolving and start to work with it immediately so that it doesn't have to go to the end of the fuse and find that the, the grenade. So it is really important to talk to people whose behaviour is changing. There could be a reason personally. They could be unwell. They could be mentally unwell. They could have family hassles. They're just mm. not dealing with change. And the importance is to give them a safe place to talk. So asking the empowering questions that it is mm. safe to give me the answers. Mm. And to ask personal questions so that you can genuinely get to the bottom of it. Yeah, We all assume everyone's okay until mm. you ask and you find out goodness they are dealing with a couple of fairly large Mm. personal issues that no wonder they are not at their best Mm. so it's to respect but don't expect somebody to come forward because most cases they won't because Mm. they see that as a personal sign of weakness Mm. so it's really important for the company secretary to say I respect and understand you I can see that your behavior has changed a little bit can I help you can we talk Mm. let's have a coffee Let's have a Zoom call, whatever the, the range is that's feasible to mm. actually give that person the time to do it. And I had a case with somebody who's, when I spoke to them, they said, yes, I need to talk. And this was mm. pre-pandemic and we were able to meet. And this person literally cried. And mm. they cried from the beginning to the end of that hour. But the empowering outcome Because their suggestion is they're going to need to do this a few times. They never needed Mm. another time to talk. Mm. They just got on with it. They needed to be appreciated. They needed to be Mm. listened. They needed to get it off their chest. Mm. And they needed to, in this particular person's cases, it was self-worth. And quite often you'll find it will be about self-worth. And this is where the company secretary has to be honest and also Mm. work a development program if necessary Or tell the person, come on, you're being really silly. Of course, Mm. you have all the reason to have your
0: self-worth. It's interesting you mentioned that meeting was pre-pandemic because I I wonder if there's a a cultural thing, um, or there at least has been, that we don't speak about um, our our problems. We don't bring our problems to work and that that might be what holds people back from mentioning them. Like you said, you need to draw them out. But I wonder, do you think that, that might become slightly easier now that um, there is a bit more of an understanding of the context that people are working in, uh, because we, we've we seen it, we've lived it with everybody during the pandemic.
1: I think if a company secretary were to appoint, approach a senior director of a big firm and say, mm. do you want to talk? Mm. They might have pre-pandemic looked sideways and say all this about? Mm -hmm. Why would you be asking this? Now I think the receptivity for help will equally be a lot stronger Mm -hmm. as well as the respect for whatever we are going to hear in that process. Mm -hmm. So I think it it really is a much easier conversation to start Mm -hmm. and a much easier conversation to respond to than it would have been Mm pre-pandemic. Because pre-pandemic we all have the stiff English upper lip. Mm. And now we recognise that that is not helpful, it's not Mm. productive, and doesn't help us as individuals in terms of being the best we possibly can.
0: And you said about being the best um, that we can be. Um, Do you think that's also the context for perhaps finding the confidence to admit as a company secretary that you might have made a mistake? Um, and how you might go about suggesting um, an alternative um, approach to something if perhaps what, what you've been doing so far hasn't been the best option.
1: That's an interesting one. Um, none of us like to make a mistake. Uh, company secretaries, more often than not, because there's a sort of a whole governance wrapper around what they're doing, mm. is not something that you're going to find they have gone completely off the mark. And have mm. made a real mistake but let's accept that this can happen we've um, misunderstood guidance um, mm. we've made a um, approach to try and solve an issue and it's not working so those are the kind of mistakes in inverted mm. commas that could potentially occur the most important issue is um, and we say this to any leader including a company secretary Anybody in a role is own up quickly to yourself mm. and to those around when you realise your decision is not delivering the outcome you were expecting. But the most important is to look at, you know, when we make a decision, what do we think our outcome going to be? So it's being really quite um, pedantic about mm. determining up front what we expect the improvement to be. Mm. And and monitoring it, I mean, this doesn't have to be a big science. We can do it all mm. in our head. And then correcting it and saying it's not quite there. Talking to people, finding out why it's not quite getting to where we expected.
0: And how do you think company secretaries can um, navigate their, the perception sometimes that they, they're a blocker in, um, in decision-making or strategy and, and change that to being recognised for what they really are as an enabler?
1: That's interesting. Um, Being a blocker, this will typically be an emotion coming in a highly entrepreneurial board, Mm. uh, a board that wants to make decisions outside of the board environment,
0: Mm.
1: where you are in a major growth environment, where the CEO wants to do whatever suits the opportunity being offered, rather than what the strategy is defining. So it's really where you're dealing with the uh, company seniors and board who are wanting to make on the fly decisions. Now Mm -hmm. that is very likely to be happening in a high growth very small startup-type environment, mm-hmm. and we, we're not expecting any blocker to that kind of behavior because they're not going to grow without that. Mm-hmm. What you're looking for is structure behind it rather than stopping it. But the things that uh, the board will see the company secretary as being a blocker is when the regulatory environment is no-go. We can't do that because mm-hmm. the regulations state. So if it's a case of, sorry, you've done your six or nine years, depending on what the company policy is relative to the code, Mm. you're going to need to step down as a board director, there's a succession plan. Mm -hmm. That individual will see the company secretary potentially and the nominations committee as a blocker because that's Mm. not what they want. So it's making sure that they understand the difference between carrying out the required governance versus creating and gold-plating governance to become a blocker, a genuine blocker. Mm. Um, In most cases, if somebody senior comes to the company secretary and says, I know from a code point of view, this is no-go. I know Mm. from a uh, financial services regulation point of view that this is going to be a challenge. Mm. Please help me with compliance, with risk, with board. Let's work out and navigate a path. And the company secretary can be very um, valuable mm. in that joined-up conversation to what is a solution, where can mm. we create the opportunity still to be taken, even though it looked initially as being a no-go territory. So it's making sure you engage the positive aspect, how can we do this, rather mm. than saying, I've done it. And then you end up with the governance breakdown occurring mm. post the event. So it's about working as a team and mm-hmm. engaging the knowledge and capability your company secretary has to get the right outcome from mm-hmm. a compliance. And I use that word quite lightly mm-hmm. from a compliance perspective.
0: Yes, um, it's interesting you mentioned um, about you know getting that advice before the decision's made. Um, I, I think um, during the pandemic, there was a bit more of that happening because decisions needed to make be made quickly. I say during the pandemic, I should say during the early stages of the pandemic. Early stages, um, yeah. Yes, there was a lot of decision making that needed to be done very quickly. And that there were, I think, I don't know if you saw this, that um, people with that governance um, legal background had a seat at the table because... The boards wanted those decisions to be right the first time. And so they got that advice before the decisions were made um, rather than looking for it afterwards.
1: I did see a very strong correlation uh, in those early days because they had to engage the company secretary to get all these frequent ad hoc meetings into everyone's diary. Mm. That technical engagement created the conversation engagement. Mm. And the company secretary was able to say, we can do A, B and C at this meeting, but we need to do A first, B second. Mm. So they were able to bring their knowledge to the the conversation that was occurring uh, in a very productive way. And I think the relationships between the chairs and the company secretaries have strengthened through the pandemic Mm. because they've been able to see the value of relying upon them to make things happen. Because we've had mm. to do some things in a hurry, and in most cases, they've learned very quickly that the company secretary is a complete finisher, get things done in a mm. very short time frame. That they have the logistical efficiency to get things delivered. Mm. So, I think your uh, relationship and value of the company secretary has definitely elevated during this
0: period. It's, it's always good to hear something good that's come out of the pandemic. Um it's <laughs> good yes um and so at the beginning of um of our discussion you talked about thinking about the company secretary like a bird like um like a secretary bird um but do you think sometimes there's a tendency that the company secretary feels more like that image we have of the graceful swan um, you know presenting themselves effort as effortly, effortlessly in control but at the same time paddling furiously to keep everything under control is that something that you think company secretaries would relate to
1: I think they would definitely relate to the swan. Mm. Um, I think the um, taking out the danger is definitely the, com- the secretary bird activity. Mm. The secretary bird also walks through the African grasslands mm. so calmly, so regally. Mm. Literally, you would never know that it was on the hunt for danger and it mm. was dealing with all these things. These, um, pieces of information coming out it, because it's so regal in the way it strides through the grasslands. The one that we all know better is the swan, and we always and that is a well-known phrase. Mm. I think that um, the way you will see a swan against the tide holding still, holding um steady, even though the tide's going in the opposite direction, it can very, very gracefully stay in that one spot. That's about being competent, being able, being resilient, being agile, being multitasker, um, not panicking. All those things we've talked about Mm. through the session um, of the kinds of qualities the 21st century leader, company secretary needs to be. Mm. Yes, they'll be paddling furiously because the nature of their job They are doing so many different things. There is Mm. a wide variety to the role. But like a CEO, a massive wide variety to the role. And they're touching different things every quarter of an hour. They're doing something different. And it's making sure that they create these um, pigeonholes in time to deal with some of the uh, routine aspects of the task, like the minutes, which are the most critical Mm. thing they can do. They need to be able to pigeonhole to get those done, get through the emails, respond to the chair, um, make sure that the directors all know what's going on. So that that constant connection to the world is is part of the paddling furiously that mm. they're doing, but equally looking like that very regal secretary mm. bird that has wiped out all the danger. And, the environment is is a calm place for everyone else to exist in
0: yes i think that's a really those both both of those birds are really useful analogies um and thank you very much for um all the tips you've given for how to manage the like you said the 21st century nature of this of the company secretary role and all the challenges that it brings and how to you know really manage them so you can be the best that you can be thank you very much sharon
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Rachel.
0: Engage Governance. Look out for more podcasts coming soon. We would like to thank our sponsors and experts for supporting the launch of the Engage Governance podcast series. To access more podcasts and other useful governance tools like our guidance notes, blogs and articles, please visit www.cgi.org.uk.